The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk about what we've been watching, then we're going to move into a little bit of film news, followed by a full review of Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yes. Uh, before we get to all that, two articles that you'll want to check out on our website, MidwestFilmNerds.com, where you'll also find all of our previous episodes and show notes to go with those episodes. Uh, the one and only Tim Long wrote an article on the Spider-Man team-up issue uh, with the 1978 cast of Saturday Night Live. It's a fantastic read. I, I think if Stan Lee ever gets on to Saturday Night Live, yeah. he should hire you to write to, to write his jokes because yeah. your your monologue jokes are fantastic. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I titled. Oh, I just want to complain real quick. I want to put this ahead. out there. I hate the way I titled it because I capitalize everything, so it looks like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> At least you didn't end it with "You won't believe what happens next." <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, so go check that out, MidwestFilmNerds.com. We are also beginning our summer movie wager. You can find a post on the blog all about that. It's also on the Facebook. Read up on all the rules. Read up on the prizes that you can win, such as a $40, up to a $40 movie or gift card, plus a Midwest Film Nerds podcast hoodie, much like the one that I'm wearing right now. That yeah, is the only beautiful. one in existence. Uh, or shirts or stuff. Go check it out. Take a look. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I hope that a lot of people join us this year. We already have one submission. What's the final date for submitting? Final date for submitting. That's a good question, Willie. You're good at this thing. You should be on a podcast. Hey, I try. <laughs> Submissions need to be in by 11.59 p.m. Eastern on May 14th. That is a Wednesday. So you get not only this Spider-Man weekend that we had, but the next weekend after that. Two weekends of teasers for things to come. Yes. Hopefully. Two weekends to plan how you think uh, things are going to turn out. So, go to bit.ly slash mfnsmw in order to fill out a ballot and, uh, and and put it in. That's all in the post, too. So, go take a look at that. Uh, please join us. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm quite excited. I'm going to recuse myself this year. I'm going to fill one out and see how I do. But I don't think I should be allowed to win. You're not going to buy yourself a movie. No, I'll still let you guys win. Oh, okay. If the ho- if the other hosts win, then then you win. Okay. But it's also kind of a. I also get to look at the submissions too, and I don't want to be there any kind of question of any of that. Absolutely. I'm all about the ethics here on the Midwest Film Nerds podcast, and I just want everybody to feel safe in knowing that. Uh, they don't have to worry about me stealing their prize from them. We are not going to cheat you out of a copy of Purple Warrior on Blu-ray. That's true. Well, <laughs> Willie and Tim might. I won't. They're not yes. going to cheat you out of it. They're just going to beat you at yeah. the game. I'm just going to be awesome. Yes. And smoke you. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to cheat as much as I can. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim's going to rig the box up. Tim, Tim's, Tim's actually a billionaire. He's just going to funnel money into movies that he likes. Yeah, it's much like uh, Transcendence, wasn't it? Did he start manipulating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts manipulating. Okay. We don't need to talk about that movie more. Um, anyway, so please go check that out. Uh, MidwestFilmNerds.com. You can also write feedback to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Check us out on Twitter uh, at MFN Podcast and all of that good stuff. Give us a phone call. Leave us a voice, our first voicemail at 248-7335-MFN, which is also 248-7335-636. And I think that's it for all the housekeeping that I'm going to do at the beginning of the episode. So, Tim. Yo. 
What have you been watching? <laughs> what have you not been watching? Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. I never have anything to say in this segment, so pretty excited about it. I went to a, uh, I went to a Lucha Libre burlesque show in the city I live in, uh, beautiful Ferndale, Michigan. <laughs> if you know anything about Ferndale, Michigan, a Lucha Libre burlesque show isn't that out of the ordinary. So, <laughs> like, I never really know what's going on in this city. So, um, it was fun. Lucha Libre, for those who don't know, is a Mexican-style pro wrestling, and none of these were actual Lucha Libre wrestlers. <laughs> so they were, there was one guy, and he cracked me up, he says he was from, uh, he was from parts unknown, weight unknown, and he was a big giant man, and he could barely move. It was great. Um, so that was funny. Um, the burlesque show I didn't see much of. I don't think they were very good burlesque dancers. I've never been to a burlesque show. I've been to a strip club. <laughs> but, but everything was going fine. Oh! I forget, they are playing oh tie it into a movie they're playing um these old uh, they're called el santo films and el santo is an old lucha libre like wrestling crime fighter these movies and they're great if you haven't seen them i've only seen like bits and pieces of them but i was sitting there watching them so if you get a chance to check them out they're hilarious um but yeah it was a lot of fun everything was going well until we realized they had three dollar shots of tequila and then the night Got away from us. Yeah, got dark, say. as it often does yep. when tequila comes into the picture. <laughs> but, I mean, Cinco de Mayo, you gotta celebrate, I figure. It's true. I don't know. Um, no, nothing other than that. Um, I've been I've been reading, I've been reading Cormac McCarthy, uh, the, the Border Trilogy, and I just wanted to, I'm reading The Crossing right now, which is the second book, mm-hmm. and it's really funny to me, because whoever had it before was taking notes, <laughs> and all of a sudden, around page 100, they stopped taking notes. <laughs> And I figure it's just because they killed themselves. Because it was so fucking depressing. Um, but that's about it. That's all I've been doing. And I watched All the Pretty Horses, which is the first uh, novel in that. I watched the movie version of it, which wasn't um, great, but it was, it was it was okay. It's worth a watch. If you, is if there you're anybody thinking. notable involved? Uh, Matt Damon, and I think Billy Bob directs it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Penelope Cruz, Cruz is in it, too. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, so. All right. Awesome. Penelope Cruz returned uh, Cormac McCarthy person in uh, the counselor the counselor yes. Yes. yes what's the trilogy just like curiosity it's all the pretty horses it's kind of like a western trilogy it's all the pretty horses the crossing and then uh cities of the plain oh okay. i think is the third okay. one yeah are so. they tied together at all or are they just they're more thematically okay. and he ties them together in the third book if i remember correctly because okay. he he follows two different characters in book one and book two in the third book they kind of mm. converge so interesting all right cool well tim Thank you for what you've been reading. <laughs> slash experiencing. I like to bring a little bit. What you've been drinking. Yeah, what I've been drinking. <laughs> you bring the culture I'm, to the... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm letting you know why I'm taking $3 shots of the Keelans because I'm reading Cormac McCarthy books and just being depressed. <laughs> I didn't realize the two were connected. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Willie, what have you been watching? I, um, I have marathoned uh, True Detective. Finally. Hashtag true dicks. Hashtag yes, true dicks. T-R-U-D-I-X. Um, with, I, I've been wanting to watch it for a while. You guys recorded a bonus episode quite a while back and have all watched the show beginning to end and all seem to enjoy it. So I wanted to wanted to do it while I could do it because mm-hmm. we have HBO for Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. So I was like, on demand, so let's do it. And uh, I, oh my God, wow. That's a show. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's, it's probably the Best dramatic television I've seen in maybe ever. <laughs> and that's really weird for me to say that. Yeah. Um, I will say it takes a couple episodes, for at least for me, it took a couple episodes to kind of 
dip my toes in the water, get a feel for what was going on. It's it's a show that's that has a lot of different th- a lot of different elements coming into play and then mm-hmm. like di- like disappearing for an episode or two and then coming back. And it, I think it benefits from a marathon viewing too. I think there's so many different little clues to what's going on and different false leads and true leads and leads that they thought were false but aren't false and just false detectives crazy true detectives stuff. yeah totally <laughs> um that i think it's nice to sit down and watch it like as quickly Definitely. as possible yeah um it's like one big movie movie really it is yeah. um and it's it's such a great it's such a gr- it captures the fear like the feeling of being uneasy about everything so well <laughs> And you don't feel dirty after you watch it, even though the stuff you're watching is pretty disgusting. But you just feel so, like, unnerved by it. Yeah. It's more effective than most horror movies. Yeah. Certainly recent horror movies in regards to that. And it's it's one of the scarier stories that has ever been put on television, I think. It's scarier than anything I saw in American Horror Story <laughs> over the course of me watching that, the one season I watched. Um, <clears throat> it just, it's... It rings... It rings so real like everything just feels real and even though there are there are moments that definitely they definitely feel like not cliches but there are moments that in any other show or movie would be total cliches and handled in just such a dipshit like Mm -hmm. like bottom line i just but they do it so well in this show i don't know i loved it i absolutely loved it i want to rewatch it which Seems strange because it's it's a detective story. It shouldn't be, you know. Once you know the outcome, it shouldn't be that like. But but you, I want to rewatch it knowing what I know now. I think there's some because of the mystery, the function of the mystery. I think having some of the answers allows you to take a step back and look at more. Because otherwise, you're, yes, you're along for the ride the first time through, and then the second time you can be a little bit more objective and sure, you know, sure. Yeah, I really wanted, like, I thought about rewatching it again. Like, yeah, I, I have too. Thinking, I have yeah. Too. So I'm definitely going to watch it again before we don't have HBO in the house. Um, definitely watch it. I don't like if you have any interest in anything good, <laughs> which is a very wide net to throw. But no, seriously, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch this show. I recommend to you, Willie, and the audience, both the Slash Filmcast episode, they they did a bonus episode on True Detectives, and we did a bonus episode. I think they both went in two different directions, and I think it'd be interesting to listen to both of them. I think there's a lot to get out of both episodes, and if you're, because if you watch True Detective, you're probably like, I kind of want to talk and know more about all of this. It's it, it's so. really really is surprising to me that it's 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 the kind of show that you could sit there and take notes on yeah and like go back and like there there are so many like literary references in the show mm-hmm. and there's so much story behind what's going on that you have to seek out on your own yeah if you want to do that that um and, but it's all complete on its own too totally yeah. complete and that's yeah. the thing is I mean it's it's um. When I used to watch Lost, which I love, uh, I would take notes, literally, like, take notes. Because there's, there's, I mean, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, and it was fun to, like, watch a show again where I was, like, invested enough in what was going on and interested enough in the mythology of what was going on to, like, say, I'm going to go... Do some research. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, it was, it was, it's, honestly, you have to watch this show. Like, figure out a way to watch it and watch it. You know, get HBO for, like, 
a week and just plow through it. Steal your parents' HBO Go. And I make it happen. Yeah, I don't care. Can you just you get do. HBO Go passwords? Aren't they just out in the air, floating? <laughs> just gonna grab one. If they're there, I want one very desperately. But um, no, it's it's if you are a fan of any sort of uh, just great storytelling, it's a great story, and it, you, it's not for the easily offended or or, or easily uh, easily nauseated, but it's but it's it's. Definitely worth a look. So, yeah. All right. Is that, uh, is that all you've been watching? Yeah, you know, I I've watched. Um, we obviously we did the review for uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, I've been watching some of the other Godzilla movies here and there. Um, I bought a bunch of them on Amazon. They're really cheap. If anybody has the same nostalgic love for, I think a bunch of them are going up on Netflix. Like, are they? They might have already. I had, I had heard that was happening, and, and Crackle a lot of them. A bunch of them too. Crackle, okay. Yeah, okay. If you have, yeah. Is that a subscription service as well? Mm-hmm. That's, no? that's Sony's free like yeah. video oh, that's cool. service. Yeah. So it's like a Hulu, like a free version of yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there's I've, I've watched quite a few, most from the second period of Godzilla movies, which was the from '85 to '90 something or other, um, pre Godzilla '98. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they're a lot of fun. They really are. You have to leave your everything remotely rational at the door when you walk into <laughs> these movies. But when you do that, you're watching Godzilla. Like, just yeah. have fun with it. And they're great movies. I think they're better movies to watch with a group of people. Because there's, it's, there's some, it's something about it's like watching professional wrestling. Like you, like you, like your hero, your Hulk Hogan, your giant reptilian Hulk Hogan shows up on screen to save the day from the villains right at the last minute. And you just want to. Like throw popcorn in the air and scream. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. They're, they really are, and I, I'm I'm still looking very forward to in a couple of weeks doing our watching the new one and, and seeing how I feel Garrett about Edwards that. Edwards, but Godzilla. But there's anyway. It's very easy to get a hold of Godzilla movies, and it's very easily get a, easy to get a hold of Godzilla movies cheaply now. Yeah. So if you have if you haven't watched a Godzilla movie in a while and you enjoyed them as a kid like I did, taped off a TV, do yourself a favor, buy a couple because I guarantee you you'll still have fun with them today. Yeah, I really do. Totally. Yeah. Alright, um, Game of Thrones started season four. It's very good. Not going to say anything. Don't want to spoil anything. Uh, check it out. It is. Tim, great. don't watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I know. Um, <laughs> Community season five, I finished that. I honestly think that it's, is the, that best, over? it's the best season of Community that, yeah, it is. It's okay. the best season of Community that I've watched. Uh, the season four, they call it the year of the gas leak in the TV show because they don't want to remember it at all. <laughs> and uh, I think they do a very, very, very good job of recovering from it. Uh, some of the best uh, guest stars. I have a question. This and this might be a weird question. Maybe you could, I kind of fell out. I actually got tired of it around season three. Okay. I think it got like, a little too cynical for me. And like it felt, is it like that still or is it a little lighter now? I think it's a bit lighter. Okay. I think it's a bit lighter. Because that's uh, kind of why I didn't jump back into it. See, season four gets gets really light, like yeah. stupidly light. Yeah. Like Soulless Husk of the original show. <laughs> right. No, I'm not going to watch that. But uh, <laughs> season five, and I do think you could probably skip, skip over season four and not really miss too much. You just kind of, like, if you read a quick synopsis of what happened, you'd be caught up. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think season five, it, it it's... It kind of gets that heart back. It, right. It becomes a little bit more... I think Dan Harmon had to fight a little bit less against uh, against the studio because they were like, okay, clearly we need you in order for the show to be worth anything. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I finally finished Veronica Mars. Uh, Tim and a and, and, uh, friend of the show Danny and I are going to watch the, uh, the movie at some point soon. It's released... Uh... 
tomorrow for us. Or, On Blu-ray, or, yeah. Yes, or yesterday oh, really? for you folks listening right now. Okay, yes. <laughs> so uh, go check out Veronica Mars. Maybe we'll do, I don't know if we'll do a write-up or maybe we'll do, a, I don't know, we'll do something okay. hopefully. And uh, even if it's like a three-minute or two, 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 two audio boo. Audio like, boos. Yeah. I don't think I've done an audio poo. You should. We should make it happen. Oh, yeah. A couple of boos and doing a boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did I finish? Uh, I was watching something else. Uh, you watched Godzilla Final Wars. I did watch Godzilla. Well, I kind of watched Godzilla you Final Wars. You slept through parts, but... Yeah, Final Wars is cool, isn't it? It, wasn't, yeah. it? it was not the fault of the movie. I was falling asleep because I got up at, like, stupid early And you were day. up to, like, three. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but no, it was fun. Don't they crap on the 98 Godzilla in Final Wars? <laughs> That's why I remember. They okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those he, of you who also hate Godzilla 98. Spoiler alert, he basically gets taken out in like a hit. In one shot. <laughs> and then they make, they, they, the Japanese villain makes fun of him. <laughs> yeah. It's okay because apparently Japanese people think the new Godzilla is too fat. Yes. <laughs> He's too obese for the Japanese. Yes. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's mostly it. There was one other thing that I watched. It might spring into my head, but I would talk about Don Fry right now. Don Fry, but um, but Gojo's not here, and I feel wrong. It's true. To, to it's not true. Include him in that, He'll have to so. join us for Godzilla. We can all talk about Don Fry and how his presence is probably sorely missed in the new one, but we yeah. still enjoyed it. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I hope he has a cameo because that'd be sweet, you know. That mustache. He's just staying in the background with his katana. <laughs> the sort of fry. <laughs> the sort of fry. The blade of fry. Blade of fry. Um. Yeah. I don't know. That's what we've been watching. It is. That is. Um, <laughs> slash reading. Slash reading. Slash experiencing. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Tim. Um, so we got somewhat of a bombshell of some news. Some actual news from the production that is Star Wars Episode Seven. It's insane. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's. N- we didn't get articles. Well, we did get all the articles that are like maybe this person's in Star Wars. Maybe this is who they're playing. Well, yeah, the new thing now is now that we've seen, we've seen the cast, now that everybody's just going to be like, well, I wonder who's playing who. That's like, really, it's, it's never, I thought it was going to end, Alex. <laughs> I'm sad Nick isn't here because he brought up a good point. He was like, why, why are you, Alex? Because I said to him after, when we went to go see <laughs> Spider-Man, I was like, I don't want to talk about Star Wars ever again. I'm good to like <laughs> never talk about Star Wars. He was like, why do you feel that way? Like, why do you feel that way as opposed to, like, Marvel? Like, mm. I, there's Marvel stories coming out all the time. Like, I, I made a comment about how anything that has been written about Star Wars in the past six months is just not worth reading at all. Like, yeah. none of it. No, you're totally right. There's no point in reading any of it. Whereas we still get a ton of Marvel stuff, and I still, I'm, I don't feel that much vitriol against the Marvel stuff. What? I think the difference here is that when there's a Marvel Marvel article, at least it's like, Hey, these people talked about this. Let's talk about what they talked about. The Star Wars thing is like, here's a roundup of all the rumors that have been yeah. flying around with absolutely no precedence at all. That's the, that's the problem is it, it, if it's usually, usually with the Marvel stuff, it's coming from some sort of source that's at least marginally reputable. Something like Deadline or... Um, or uh, some of the trades and stuff, like the online trades and stuff. But even, even like, not necessarily even on that. Like, I think I think the Marvel fatigue, we definitely got a while that was like, oh, El Mayembe of Latino Review thinks that the Justice League is going to be in the Marvel movie. Like, not I, good old. Like, that basically, yeah, like, I got sick of that stuff, too. Like, yeah. we can go back on the podcast and listen to me complaining about that, probably. <laughs> Maybe not because I try not to talk about rumors too much. Well, and all the madness with Jason Momoa and 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 all that, like we, I was really done with that. That's true too. Yeah, that's true too. So it's not it's not like I'm that, but I don't know. I just I. It's still well. I mean, 
I'm sick of talking about... I don't want to... Spe- like, speculation's fun and all. But... It, you know, know. And it's also, I will just, Star Wars has got something to prove to me before I get excited about anything that happens. Because That's true too. it's fun to talk about Marvel movies because they're good. And like, <laughs> Star Wars has been crap for one, one Phantom Menace account in 1998. Half of Star Wars movies are terrible. <laughs> like, think about <laughs> That's that. That's true. <laughs> and you know what? Some people don't like Jedi that much. I like Jedi. Jedi is my favorite. Yeah, I like Jedi. And I know some people. So, really, if you're one of those people, if you're a Star Wars fan, you like two and a half movies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> out of the six. Like, it's ridiculous. That's true. So, like, I'm not going to get too excited about the it. The Harry Potter franchise is a better track record, yes. technically. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't oh, it's not technically. This. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I So, yeah, it's hard for me to get excited about it because I haven't liked anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I've grown out of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, even with Marvel, like, I've more recently become a Marvel fan. But anyway, this is... A little bit too much nerd drivel. On to the actual news story. <laughs> Let's talk about the actual news and not be hypocrites like Alex is just outlining right now. Okay, so we have a cast, an official cast from Star Wars. Apparently casting may not be completely finished, according to J.J. Abrams. Okay. Uh, Lawrence Kesdon also said they're still working on the script, even though they've apparently been shooting already. They still gotta announce Billy D. I mean, there's that to... I as well, yeah. He's getting his own announcement. <laughs> That was in his contract. His, he's bouncing in his garage. They're doing Lando, Lando Origins. And then, uh, yes. All right, so uh, newcomers. To the, well, we have the veterans. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker are all returning as their, uh, their characters in the new film. Uh, but we have newcomer John Boyega of Attack the Black fame. That's and cool. Par- That's yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. Uh, Adam Driver of Girls and uh, Inside Llewyn Davis fame. Very interesting. We have Oscar Isaac of Inside Llewyn Davis and Drive fame. Uh, we have Dom Hall Gleason of uh, Brendan Gleason's son fame. Uh, <laughs> about no, time. He was in About Time. And Bruges also... is really good. He's not in that as dad as <laughs> <laughs> He was also in uh, in one of the Harry Potter movies at some point. He's uh, one of the Weasleys, I think. I don't oh, know British if that's correct. He has oh, red I... hair, so yeah. he's played a Weasley. <laughs> Alright, uh, I wanted to look up some of these names. I don't know if I pronounced Dom all correctly, but uh, uh, say I also... The, say the other woman in the cast, because there's only two. Oh, well, uh, Daisy Ridley, of course. Daisy Ridley. Yes, she's a largely unknown <laughs> British actress, according to nytimes.com, that I'm reading this from. Uh, we have Max von Sydow, as I call him. Yeah. I don't know if that's what the world calls Sidow, him. Sydow, I think. Sydow, uh, is better. Change it, Max. <laughs> Uh, so he's joining as well, and then finally, uh, Andy Serkis of Lord of the Rings and every single Mocap movie ever fame. I apologize. Um, we went over on our Star Wars hate. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think about the cast? It's cast. We don't know any characters. I, I like the, I like the younger people they chose. Yeah, I think it's cool because it reminds, I mean, it's, one of the problems I have with the, it's a very small problem in comparison to other ones, but one of the problems I have with the prequel ones is that they, they cast a lot of actors who are already pretty established actors mm-hmm. so I had a hard time remove like instantly they, they had a hard time removing though that that from me like I knew who Ian McGregor was I knew who uh, Liam Neeson was I knew who you were like Manly I can't Cole wait was. to see Oscar Schindler with the lightsaber uh, right I was like I mean yeah of course I'm just very excited <laughs> um, but I couldn't get past uh, right out of the gate a little bit like the fact that they were those people and with the original Star Wars none of those people were any sort of I mean to be honest a lot of them still aren't but um, yeah. <laughs> with, with the exception of Star Wars, but um, no, I think it's uh, I think it's cool that they're casting some people that cl- have, have proven themselves that they can handle acting, 
but are not by any means household names. So, all right, Tim. I do think the diversity thing. I've heard. I've seen people touch on. I think it is a big deal. Like, I don't. I think there should the, be more than one woman in a cast. Yeah, the, like, I think the it would be cool. Diversity. Yeah, I think it would be cool. And yeah, if Star Wars was a little more diverse. Yeah. In its casting, um, I do agree with that. I think it's kind of a big deal. Like, there's apparently a second female lead that is. That's yet to and be that's announced. what they're talking about with the casting more and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, so I you know I kind of go along with that. Um, but whatever. I mean, I'm kind of wait and see. Like I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm not making any judgments on this. But like, I, I, if it's, I don't know. <laughs> Everything being said in the last seven minutes, I am more excited about this movie now than I was. Okay. Like I, I was. I, I don't know if I'd say worried, but the idea of like Zac Efron and the names that they were throwing around in the first place did not get me particularly excited. And to be honest, like. Just the people that they picked. I'm like, I'm excited to see what comes out of this movie. But we know nothing. We know absolutely nothing. It's astounding how little we know about this movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's Abram, so who knows how much you're ever going to know. It's true. And, and that's true. annoying because... This might just be Star know, Trek 3. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to need to know a little bit about this like, movie. This might literally be JJ. Star Trek 3. Like, this might be, yeah. This is actually Star Trek 3. <laughs> see, I'm wondering, though, with, with Disney behind things, I'm wondering if they're going to be like, no, J.J., Quit being a little biatch and show some things. Well, and Nick brought up a good point in the group text in that. I I think uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, learning about the whole hoopla of Khan, he wished that they didn't keep it a secret. Yeah. And yes. I agree. I think that was stupid. Yeah. But... Because then I really would have known that I wasn't going to like it. What you were going into. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. It wouldn't have made it a better movie to know, really. It just wouldn't have been... It was just pointless to keep it secret. Yeah. yeah. So... All right, uh, we are going to take a quick break and wait for our fourth leg, the leg on this chair that is the Midwest Film Nerds podcast, so that we can talk about uh, Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So enjoy some uh, break music here, and we will be right back. Welcome back. We've got a fourth guest with us now. A fourth guest? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> what I've been watching, I, I've been this re-watching... Is, this is Nick, by the way. <laughs> yes, it's me. Oh, I was supposed to introduce myself. Yes. I thought they would know my voice by now. Um, what have I been watching? I've been re-watching Futurama. I watched season 10, which was the one that they brought back. Was it the one? I don't remember the if it came... The second time? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if they brought it back for one year or two. I don't know. Or three. I don't know. <laughs> but ten was the final one, and I, I watched ten, and it was actually really good. I liked it. It came back... Like, it was getting a little soggy there in the in the middle to the late end but of the of the seasons. But season ten was actually pretty strong overall. I liked it. And I went back and started watching, like, randomly in season two, and it, it's way better. I mean, it's way simpler. It's way funnier. And it's interesting how Futurama... The writing in, like animated like sitcom-y shows like that is all following the family guy formula where it's just they shove things they think are funny in your face and like you just be a shot of a guy's butt in your face for like two two minutes and while it may it may have been funny for like a frame like to to accentuate a joke to enhance it's like a spice things like that and they're just cramming cumin down your throat it's just too much and that's the way the later seasons of Futurama started to get a little bit, where they just would take a wacky joke and make it too much. But I was watching season two, and there were all these little things, just like a poster in the background. They would drive by that had a funny play on words to something. And I was like, that's brilliant. And it's, it's, it's blink and you miss it. And they would let the writing of the characters in the plot 
be what's funny and then pepper it with all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad that you see this evolution or de-evolution kind of in the end. But season two, season 10, I'm sorry, kind of brought it back a little bit. It's kind of interesting because it's, it's a long-running show that was never really a hit. And even when it was a hit, it was kind of a smaller hit. Yeah. So it's an interesting show to watch, I think. Uh, okay. All right, Star Wars. Star Wars. You got a minute. What did you guys talk about? There's a cast. <laughs> do, I, do I have to listen to it later <laughs> to find out? Um, I'm excited. I think I'm probably the most excited about the cast of all of us. Like, I was really excited. Everybody was poo-pooing a little bit in the group text. No, we weren't poo-pooing the cast at all. A little bit. No. No? No. I got that vibe. No, no, sure. nobody was poo-pooing the cast. I'm going to go back and read it. <laughs> and point out wherever there was poo-pooing happening. But anyway, I am, I'm very, very, very excited. And I think everybody in it is really cool. I think it's, uh, it's a huge sign of progress to finally, yeah, get a cast and, and be that they're all good actors for the most part. And I've seen most of them except for uh, Daisy, who seems Daisy to be a relative newcomer. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. The cast photo's sweet. Um, I'm going to be that Star Wars fan that's choosing to be excited about it and not just be cynical and angry and like, <laughs> no, this is bullshit and here's why. That theory's gay and here's why. Like, I'm like, shut up. Just make it good, man. It's, I, don't give a, I don't give a fuck who's in it from the old one. Like, it doesn't need to tie into anything. Just make it good. Make a good story, man. We can that's comment on the rumor that Han Solo's the main role of the movie, but... That's just a rumor. That would be... I mean, it could be interesting. I, I was pretty opposed to it. I was very opposed to seeing the original cast in it for a minute, the original Big Three, and then seeing them at the table reading and seeing Harrison Ford just kind of jawing with J.J. Abrams, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was watching <laughs> Empire Strikes Back yesterday uh, for Star Wars Day, and I was like, oh, man, they've got me. Like, I'm there. <laughs> like, it just... I, I'm thinking of the ways it could make sense, and... It's, uh, I don't know. We were poo-pooing on Star Wars Day, right? Well, no, we didn't no, say maybe. Star Wars Day. No, I, don't think I was poo-pooing. I was poo-pooing <laughs> on the billions of articles that come out. We did talk about Marvel, the difference in, <laughs> and the non-difference between Marvel and Star Wars. Because I got sick of Marvel, too. I brought up the fact, here's me recounting exactly what I just said on the podcast. You don't have to. Well, not, yeah, but... You can. Yeah. <laughs> that Basically, show. I got sick of Marvel at one point, too. Sure. Like, we I'm all sick did. of everything. Yeah. But yet everything. <laughs> So, uh, movies are dumb podcast <laughs> over everything in general I'm sick of all the news yeah because I still I find myself reflexively when I get on the internet in the morning to like you know check my email and all this stuff I find myself reflexively going to slash phone I was like why I hate this website <laughs> it's just it's all bullshit now like it's just tons of link bait with hilarious dodge ram pop up ads that go and come down and take up my screen and it's uh, by the way you thank you slash film for the ad in a couple weeks it's gonna be great <laughs> just this is my opinion not ours <laughs> The views of Nick Blauvelt and Absolutely. like the views of the Midwest Film News Podcast. 100%. No, I'm just kidding. All right. My work here is Okay. Done. Let's talk Spider-Man. Into our full review of Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Jamie Foxx as Max Illen, The D is Silent, and uh, I don't know, everybody else in the world, Comb Fior, Dane DeHaan, Paul Giamatti, Sally Field. Emma DeVitz, you traitor. A star of Army of Darkness would, would would cheat on Sam Raimi with this? Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> Synopsis from IMDb says Peter Parker you, uh, runs the gauntlet as the mysterious company Oscorp sends up the slew of supervillains against him impacting on his life. Okay. It's an um, synopsis. If you... <laughs> 
If you want to hear how I felt about The Amazing Spider-Man 1, I'm going to post my review that I wrote years ago onto the website that you can check out. Vintage. Um, Do you stand by your review, or has it changed? I stand by every single word of that review. Hmm. I was lukewarm on the movie as a whole. I was very excited for the second movie. I just wanted the origin to not be in the movie. Hmm. Uh, Tim, how did you feel about the first one? Oh, I didn't like it. Okay, Nick, how did you feel about the first one? I like it a lot. Willie, how'd you feel about the first one? A very pleasant surprise. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Tim. Off to the races. <laughs> Tim, you get to be the leading voice in our review on The Amazing Spider-Man Woo! 2. Okay. Well, what did you think? I'm are, we not going, gonna... are we going spoiler-free? Spoiler-free yeah. in okay. then 20 minutes. Yeah, that's, I'm not going to do much on uh, spoil, no, non-spoilers on this, because I really want to talk about... I just want to make fun of it. You want to get in the meat? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to spoil, too. It's, you gotta be careful. You gotta spoil. Yeah, so, um, no, I didn't like this. Um, I didn't like the first one, but I chalked the first one up to maybe just not being my cup of tea. Okay. Like, I just kind of went, eh, this is, I prefer the, I think I maybe prefer, I definitely prefer, like, the Stanley dorky Spider-Man. Okay. Than this kind of cool Fonzie <laughs> character that's, that's invaded this one. Um, no, I just, I don't. I just didn't like it on principle. I don't... It feels to me like... I don't want to call it Mark Webb's Spider-Man 2. I would like to call it Avia Rod's Spider-Man 2. Because this is a process that began in Spider-Man 3 and has continued over into this. And it just felt like... It, it, it always bothered me. It never felt like they'd taken any sort of artistry out of these movies and just made a studio product. And that's what bothered me about the first one. And I could never get over that. And I probably was a little unfair to the first one. I'll be honest. Um, but it never really convinced me that it needed to exist anyway. And this definitely, actually, this does that one favors because I thought this was very bad. All right, very concise. Thank you, thank you, sir. Nick, how'd you feel about the Amazing Spider-Man Two? As the biggest fan of the first one at the table, um, I still don't know, and that's a big <laughs> problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. I think on the on. <sighs> I guess I can boil it down to this. The things that are good are so great. They're phenomenal. They're the best Spider-Man things I've ever seen on film. The things that are bad are huge, gaping chasms of non-logic and 1997 Batman movie silliness. And it's not how to make a movie. Like, this is a bad movie. I It's a good experience, maybe, but from the... The, the blueprints and the guidelines, the things that we consider need to be fundamentally in place to call something a movie, it's not a movie. Um, but, you know, it's weird. I just keep going. One for five minutes, I'll be like, yeah, that was really good. And I talk to somebody and I see a still and I'm like, yeah, I remember that, but that was good. And then I think about it and go, oof, God, that was really bad, though. So, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a good experience. It can be a fun experience for sure, but I think as a movie... Basically, I probably won't be buying this one. Is kind of how I feel. Okay, <clears throat> we all saw it in 3D, by the way. Yeah, and I have I, I have the four disc oh. of the first one. Three, three. There's a four disc. Yeah. What's on the four discs? 3D Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, son. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the first one and the second one. It's like the things that are good are, are so much better than anything we've ever seen Spider-Man done before. But uh, you know, it's it's just a weird. You never know, you know, a scene ends and you don't know what what you're going to get next. Like, it's like you're constantly resetting yourself for like, is this scene going to be funny? Is it going to be scary? Yeah. Is it going to be like, you, it's just a, it's just a grab bag. It's a, it's a pinata of a Spider-Man movie. Like you bash it open. Who knows what the hell's going to jump out at you? It's crazy. All right. Willie, what did you think about the amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, it's, I, I didn't like it. Um. There are some things I enjoyed. I thought the action scenes were 
for the most part, pretty damn well done. I, the, the the swinging stuff. Anytime he's swinging, I think they this movie and the first movie in this series did a better job overall of showing off the cool poses that Spider-Man can strike and kind of the different way he can use his webs to do things. That that's one of the things I really appreciate. I've appreciated about the last couple. I will say that it, there's a lot more um, creativity. In, in the action scenes. Than the the filmmaking is a lot more dynamic, which fits Spider-Man. Sure, sure. That, yeah, absolutely. And, and you see a lot of those iconic kind of... Uh, like, I remember when Todd McFarlane was doing Spider-Man, he struck some cool poses. Like, he always drew him in these cool poses that yeah. like, didn't make any sense, really. <laughs> but they were super cool, and I, didn't, I don't care. So that, that's kind of cool to see those. Um, I was really excited for this, but I just... I, I can't... I feel excited about it afterwards. Um... There was too. It, it suffers a lot of the same problems that Spider-Man Three does for me. Not to that extent, I will say. Um, but it's it's overcrowded. There's too much going on. It's trying to accomplish too much, mm-hmm. and it's a real disappointment for me. Not even just because of this movie, but because I don't feel like we've had that perfect Spider-Man movie yet. We've gotten close, but I don't feel like we've had our perfect Spider-Man movie yet. We probably never will. But I, I feel like. I love Spider-Man 2, Raimi's Spider-Man 2, and it's the best of the series still to me. But even that is not, I would say, I don't know, you can argue my point if you guys want. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a perfect Spider-Man movie. And It's tough. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I see, what, I see where you're going with, but that movie nails it like so well for me mm-hmm. that I, I just, it's hard for me to, that movie, the pizza delivery scene alone nails the character of Spider-Man better than anything in any other movie. <laughs> it, it just does to me. That's the character to me. It's not the wise cracking guy i mean i like the wisecracks and i see i think i think that's kind of what you're going with that because he, he doesn't wisecrack to, and toby can't pull it off in that movie he's he's no. bad at it and garfield's better at it mm-hmm. but it I, like i don't care mm-hmm. like that gets it because <laughs> that gets the character in the movie it's all about responsibility it's about him having money problems he's trying to deliver like that's the big thing in the mm-hmm. beginning of that movie he's trying to deliver a pizza and it's exhilarating and amazing and it's to resort to being spider-man to get a pizza there on time right like that's the character he's a regular dude working a crap job and getting yelled at by his boss but he's still spider-man i love that scene so much yeah the attempts to try and balance like the house sparks cameo (laughs) (laughs) wasn't that supposed to be Chappelle? good pull Uh, originally i believe yeah (laughs) it was stepped down they went from dave Chappelle to hal sparks um hey uh we can okay give hal sparks a call (laughs) He's number, who's number two on the list? Hal Sparks. <laughs> right. Duh. Carlos Mencia's. He had that. He had that talk soup heat though at the time. Right? Wasn't he on talk uh, soup? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> but, um, he was on a lot of VH1 shows. Yes, all like the I love the '80s shows. Best week ever. Um, this is bizarre. But uh, no, it's. The, I think everybody has different ideas of what Spider-Man is right. to them. And I think for me, it's always been the the trying to balance the 18 different aspects of his life without like screwing up in all of them, which he usually winds up screwing up in at least half of them. And that's that's interesting to me. And it's, um, I didn't get a ton of that in this, a little bit, certainly with the Gwen Stacy relationship, which I still, which I still enjoy. Mm-hmm. And much more, I would say, than the Peter Mary Jane relationship. That's another thing I think this movie, does, movies, these movies do better, um, is the, the relationship between the two, the two leads, I think. And, and I think part of that is because by now these two have actually been dating in reality quite a while. So there is a chemistry there, I think, with the two of them. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that they, they're into each other and stuff, which is nice. Um... Other than that, I think like it. There's so many levels of filmmaking that this movie just fails on, and it's one thing I want to say in non-spoilers is that in regards to the action scenes, although I did enjoy them, I will say that one of 
I understand that using CG is important, especially in a Spider-Man movie, because you can't have a human being do the stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I will say, even though they were great, stuff like the fights with Electro and, and things were great, it's just that they don't cut between a man in an actual Spider-Man suit and a Spider-Man CG character enough for me. Which I know sounds silly, but I, I, I need to be reminded that I'm watching a movie at some point and not a video game cinematic. Hmm. And this normally does not bother me. In movies, which is strange that this one it stuck out to me, but I just like I felt so exhausted by just the sheer amount of CG spectacle being thrown at me a little bit that it got it took me out of it a bit. It removes know? the human element. The, yeah, it did a little bit, and there wasn't they didn't make an effort to take a breath during those action scenes to remind me that I'm watching a movie like with characters, not with you know what I mean, with human beings in it, not yeah. just CG creations flying around. So that bugged me a little bit with the action scenes, I guess, but. I don't want to say too much more. All right. Um, yeah, I. This movie. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff, and I wanted it to be so much more than it really was. Um, I was very excited coming out of the first one for a sequel. I was like, I love the cast of this one more than I do the Raimi movies. I love the aesthetic more than I do the Raimi movies, and. Um, I just needed the story to be there. And I feel like they tried to throw the whole kitchen, everything in the kitchen sink into this story, and it's it doesn't work. It feels like Iron Man 2 on steroids. It's like, here, let's shove this full of everything so that it's a stepping stone to what we want to do later on in the series. And it doesn't work in Iron Man 2, but I almost take that more because at least they're trying to combine six franchises and not just blow one out into more movies. It's very strange. Um, I still love the cast very much. I think everybody who is cast everywhere is fantastic. I, Jamie Foxx, whatever. Dane DeHaan, ugh. So some of the villains, maybe not. I thought Paul, <laughs> Paul Giamatti was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was surprised at how much I liked Paul Giamatti yeah. in this movie. He was a cartoon. Was um, yeah. And, and uh, but... It just... I don't feel like they sat down and were like, what is the story we want to tell here? I don't think they boiled it down to like, these are the thing. this is what we want to get across. They were just like, okay, let's weave this thread in here, let's make the spider web this great web of everything, and really they just made like a really disgusting looking web that no spider would ever want to live on. And it's... <laughs> It makes a movie that I don't want to watch again. Like, I, I, I honestly... Like, I wanted to go see it again in 2D, but I was like, I don't want to put myself through two and a half hours of this again, especially just after seeing it. Like, I... And that's rare. Like, I, I wanted to see Transcendence a second time. The only reason I didn't is because I didn't have the time. But, um... And I didn't enjoy that movie that much. <laughs> I'd rather go watch Transcendence than Spider-Man again, which is very weird to me. I don't know why, but it's true. Um, anyway, I don't know. I enjoyed the score a lot, except for anything that had to do with Electro, Ugh. which is, I don't know. Mm. I can't wait to extrapolate on that. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I love Hans Zimmer, and, and I'll listen to whatever he puts out, but it just, this, uh, it was so strange. strange. I, I applaud him for trying to do something unique and different for some, for like the villain, like he had kind of has been trying to do in a lot of different movies, but... I, it didn't work this time around. No, <laughs> I had I had some issues with the CG, particularly daylight 
Spider-Man CG. It, to me, it felt like they didn't quite get the lighting right, and it's hard with like the vibrant blue and red costume on. Just, yeah. Like he didn't feel like he was part of the world. And Nick kind of brought up the idea that maybe the 3D made it worse, and that might be true. That's part of the reason why I wanted to see it in 2D. I've just kind of given up on it, honestly. That's such a, it's such a hard thing to get, I think. And it nobody, is... and they haven't gotten it right. Well, I haven't had, had, like, this is the first one that I've had a really big issue with it. I, get, I, get, I don't even count the first one just because it's whatever, I mean, but like, I, I've had issues with it in all Even, of them, like, the first one and all the Raimi movies, I was okay. Like, even the Raimi, the Raimi movies <clears throat> looked really good in a lot yeah. of those spots, but the, I don't know. Two, just, two, yeah. I, I remember one and three having big problems, but yeah. May, maybe so, and it's been a while since I've watched those, but this one, for some reason, it just really stood out to me in the beginning of the movie. I was like, I don't, this doesn't, he doesn't look like he's part of this movie. He just looks like he's swinging in front of it, which... Part of me thought maybe it's the depth that the 3D gives it that is the issue, but I was looking at the trailers last night, and I was like, no, this still looks really strange. Okay. Like, like, the lighting is just not quite there. It's still, it's in that, maybe it's in that uncanny valley for CG, where it just looks, they got so close to real that my eyes don't want to think that it's true. Maybe, maybe that, that might have something to do with my issue with the, the fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. like, maybe, maybe, like, if they could have, you know tweaked it a little bit better than i thought and you know the nighttime cg didn't bother me very much at all i kind of i thought that mostly looked good especially you know fighting electro and stuff like that but the stuff in the beginning uh i it it was a problem for me um i found it interesting and this isn't really spoiling anything uh, one of my one of my favorite moments in the first movie and tim's least favorite moment in the first movie was the (laughs) Was the Coldplay music video that happens in the middle? I just want to, no. I want to put this out there. Okay. Okay. I don't necessarily have that big of a problem with the montage. I just don't like Coldplay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I was making fun of Coldplay. Okay. 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 I thought I thought it was a really kind of beautifully done montage, and it kind of encapsulated that. Like, if I was Spider Man and I just flirted with a girl that I really liked, I would totally go out there and like swing on chains and stuff listen in like Coldplay. a warehouse. And yeah. Nick, get on re-editing this with a different song for you. <laughs> Well, I could do it myself. What do you want to hear? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the electro dubstep song. <laughs> Some uh, a little bit of Tom Waits to bring back. Yeah. On. <laughs> um, but this this time around with the Philip Phillips song, it was it's. Oh, I don't. And the thing it made it was interesting to me because I felt like the at least with the Coldplay song that movie that song is a couple of years old. Philip Phillips is like yesterday, like and that that's still on the radio today. Right. And hearing it in the movie was very strange. Like it, like immediately took me out. No. I was like, well, and it, it hits like it's just so sudden. Like yeah. this movie, at one point, it's like they they loaded up eight different trains with movie scenes and were like, take them all to the process to the lab for processing, and they all smashed into each other <laughs> and sent scenes everywhere. <laughs> Because it just, this movie is so schizophrenic. It's yeah. doing one thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, left turn, and then right turn, and well, thank it's, you. Just, it's just absolutely crazy. <laughs> you just you just reminded me that the first, like, and everything Max Dillon, like, everything where he's still Max Dillon is just straight out of In Living Color. It is an In Living Color skit. That's all well, it well, is. Well, and, and the, the cast, uh, Jamie Foxx, I didn't really have, and then I thought about it, like, this is a terrible casting choice. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. Could never play a nerd ever. Like, look at the guy. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, Jamie Foxx beat the crap out of nerds. Like, that's what he did. And, like, there's no way he could properly play a nerd. And so he plays it like an In Living Color it's, character. It's, a like, it's the only, yeah. it's the only way Jamie knows. This is the worst performance I've ever seen. Like, I like Jamie Foxx a lot. He's been amazing in recent stuff, but he's awful in this. And it's, it's very, like, I feel like the, the, the villains here are really weak to me. Like, Rhino's the strongest, in my opinion. Yeah, I and forget. Then... This is, oh, that's what I want to... Oh, that's how I want to sum it up. This is a really good... God, why don't we have a camera for this episode? <laughs> Tim is in full-on hands 
<laughs> this is a really good 10-minute Rhino Spider-Man short, like, filled with the dumbest crap I've ever seen in the middle. In between. Like, the Rhino, if this was a 10-minute short between Rhino and Spider-Man, oh my god, best Spider-Man movie ever, because that stuff is amazing. Is. And oh, then man. everything in the middle is just insane garbage, and I couldn't believe my eyes. I have a theory uh, that will directly address what you said earlier, Alex, about... Um... This movie didn't know what the st- They never sat down and said, what story do we want to tell? But I have to wait a minute. Is it because they cut everything out of the first one and threw it into the second one? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that's part of it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the opening scene of this movie and some of the... Like, even... even, even I don't want to get into spoilers, but some of the later stuff that addresses the quote-unquote untold story was footage that was from the first movie. I don't think so. I think it could have been. I think there's possibility. Or I think it may have been a scene on script. In the it, yeah, it might okay. have been recycled. But the first too. one is already two hours and some change. But they they reportedly left a ton of stuff on the floor, which is good. Maybe which is good for right that decision. movie. But if yeah, it ended yeah. up in this one, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we'll get the other it. point that I wanted to get to: Dane DeHaan. I like Dane DeHaan, but I don't like this Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Like, it was so... Str- like, he feels like he's got the weirdest affectation on the whole time, and I don't know why he does it. He re- it's like... And like it, Whenever he's, like, talking to the board or anybody that he works with, he's he's like, Hey, hey, uh, I, I'm, 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 I take control of my dad's company. I need to figure out a cure, because I'm dying. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you doing that with your voice? I know you're a good actor. Please just be you. You, could, you're dangerously close to being typecast. You don't need to play it up a little. No, bit No, I couldn't. I could not figure him out in the least. It was very strange to me. Yeah. Like, I was it, just thrown by how, like I said to you when the movie ended, I said I didn't think anyone could play a, a better stoner than James Franco. <laughs> but Dane DeHaan seemed like he was perma high throughout the first three quarters of the movie because he was just really weirdly like. Peter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to get into that scene. Oh, yeah. man. What? Isn't that the question? <laughs> ten years. Do you remember that, that line? <laughs> He's always got sunglasses on. It's very, it very weird. Everything, Harry was... And I, and something that I even said in my review of the first movie, I wanted them to not even touch the Green Goblin until at least the third one. Agreed. Like, the further they could get away from anything that had been seen before... Yeah, I felt like it would have been good for this series to really differentiate itself yeah. and go in new places, and seeing the Green Goblin again. Somebody seeing, pointed, seeing him as much as we did in this movie, I was not particularly happy with. But there was a uh, a review somewhere that said we've only had one Spider-Man movie that didn't have any goblins in it, and <laughs> that was my favorite one. <laughs> somebody said, true. But uh, I actually screen grabbed uh, a quote from. Uh, from uh, Rotten Tomatoes that perfectly summed up what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, it was from Wesley Morris from Grantland. I don't know what that is. It could be some... Well, Grantland's like a sports, Grantland's, yeah. Grantland's a pretty big website. Okay. Yeah. He says, The studios and their producers have to split the difference between excellence and adequacy, between darkness and light, between seriousness and fun. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 might have been split too far. It doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. And that is exactly how I felt when it was over. That's a good point. I think that sums it up pretty well. And that that tightrope walk between the two is something that they, it's just. I think you gotta, the, you gotta have a vision and you gotta see it through. And if your vision has kaleidoscope eyes, then <laughs> don't be a director. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't make. A I movie. don't think. Yeah, like I said, I I'm not completely sure he is a director. I don't think, I think Sony is directing. I don't this. think this is Mark <laughs> Webb's problem. Yeah. I think. Well, I think, think and I think the, it, I think it is his problem. I think the parts where Mark Webb is allowed to shine is amazing. Like, yeah. The guy has a visual eye that's great, and okay. he his his romantic 
footsie stuff is really, really good. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of Mark Webb. I don't like 500 Days of Summer at all. <laughs> so I've still never seen it. So time. I haven't liked any of his movies, so it's hard for me to like defend him. But I feel like I should a little because I don't think. But I also think at some point a director has to make his own movie, and I don't know if he's able to do that. Well, and and I, I think a lot of the romantic stuff is good because those two are really good together. And yeah. I'm not sure how much of it is his. So fair enough. No, I I I'm a self-professed very large fan of Five Hundred Days yeah. of Summer, and I have a lot of faith in Mark Webb, but. I think uh, I was in, I was very surprised to see that he was returning for the second movie. I was very surprised because it seemed like everything from everything that we heard that he fought with the studio a lot. And that's what this movie and this movie feels like a movie that got away from a director who should be directing small movies like yeah. Five Hundred Days of Summer. Like, and he just can't control what's that's, happening. That's yeah. a that's a good point. Not to mention Kurtzman and Orsi. Oh, well, we'll talk about them, Alex, because I wasn't on the Star Trek in the <laughs> Darkness podcast, and I want to celebrate their work. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if any of us can really... Can we recommend this movie? Uh, Even if you're a Star, uh, Star uh, Spider-Man fan? Honestly, though, if you're a big Spider-Man fan, you're probably going to get pissed off at it. You might like it. No, I mean, I know a lot no, of Spider-Man... I think Spider-Man fans will, will like it a lot, actually. I think movie fans won't like it as much. Spider-Man fans, this is what they've been waiting for. Is it, Tim? I'm different, I guess. <laughs> some, I mean, some, yeah, there's obviously several I, different camps within the Spider-Man yeah, fan there, no, genre, yeah, definitely. But there are tons if you're, of... Yeah, I think if you're a fan of... Uh, yeah, I tend to be more of a fan of the older stuff, too. Yeah, and so, there are tons of people online, like like on Reddit and stuff, and on comic books, that love it. Yeah. Love it. It's their favorite Spider-Man movie. This Which one? Would, yeah. Wow. All right. Okay, go check it out. You might like it. Uh, we're gonna. Well, it sits on Rotten Tomatoes at fifty four percent, and yeah. when I told Gojo that, he goes, "Whoa, that's low." I was like, "That makes total sense." People either love it or they hate it. It's mm-hmm. right down the middle. Yeah, it's not rotten per se. I mean, it is technically on, on their scale, scale yeah. but right. it just means it's split right down the middle. Yeah. It's not universally panned. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we will take a quick break to go into spoiler Terry. So we will be right back. <laughs> Welcome to Spoiler Terry for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Tim. Yes. Talk about spoilers. Gwen Stacy dies. What? Yeah, horribly. Like, gaff, Like I, I laughed hysterically when it happened because it's the most violent thing I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> no, this, I mean, I really... Um, they killed Gwen Stacy in this movie, who is one of the two people I actually think I like in these movies. Like, and it made me go, I don't think I want to watch another one because this is a character I like. And you just murdered her horribly. <laughs> and I really didn't like the way to do it because in the comics, it's really tragic if I if I recall oh, correctly. It's, it's basically Spider-Man's fault. I mean, he snaps her. It's not. I mean, it's Goblin's he fault. Ca- he catches her leg and he she He catches her, her and her snaps her neck. One of the beauty things, though, is we don't actually know if she was dead or not when he found her on the bridge. Right. Technically, I'm just saying. Right. And she wasn't she going in the water? She was she was dead. Yeah. But yeah. But in this, it's so over the top the way they do it. I mean, these three, these filmmakers are villains. Like, they're dastardly. Like, this is, this is sadistic the way they do it. They basically give the character of Gwen Stacy 
throughout the movie, everything she ever wanted. She's a valedictorian. She's going to Oxford with her boyfriend, and they're moving to London together. It's perfect. Like, but it's so over the top and silly. Like, and you know you're gonna they're gonna kill her because Orky and Kurtzman, my boys, have no shred of originality in their bones. Like, dude, dude it's all right. They're gonna give her some triple blood. I'm so just gonna say this is the second movie that you've magic blood in in a row. <laughs> this is ridiculous. How do they keep getting away with this stuff? <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't fake everybody out and just switch the deaths of Spider Man and Gwen Stacy. Like they did Star Trek. Oh. Tim. <laughs> but they, but so they give her all this, and you know they're gonna kill her. And you're just like, stop being mean to this poor girl because that we like. They're telegraphing that she's gonna die from the very. She first... talks about death eighteen times <laughs> in the movie. She's like. I hope I live a long life and I don't oh. die by the end of the film. Like that would be really unfortunate for me. Like seriously. It's and then her actual death scene, I kept I kept laughing. I had to, I couldn't stop laughing because it reminded me of Hot Tub Time Machine where the guy is just like sticking his arm like watch out for your arm. Like it's going to fall off. And because she keeps falling off things and it's so ridiculous. No, not only that, but also before that, like I I I thought I was like, maybe they're not going to kill Gwen because we got past the scene where she's on top of the bridge. Yeah. I was like, this is where it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And then she just starts stumbling down gears on the clock. I couldn't, I felt so bad because there was this kid behind me and he was really worried about her. I'm like, oh, oh boy, son. And uh, so, so that happens. And then they kill her. Like, she doesn't just, like, Spider-Man doesn't grab her and like her neck snaps off screen but she drills the floor <laughs> in the most violent manner possible and I'm just like oh, you didn't need to show that like <laughs> this poor girl why do you hate her so much <laughs> filmmakers but it's so funny to me because they do such a poor job of handling the script that basically what happens is and it cracked me up too He's haunted by Ghost Leary, Ghost Dennis Leary, throughout the film, who I think they just do one shot of, like the same shot, and they, <laughs> they just, just put him in, they put him in just, front of a green screen with a cop car. He's, he's, judgmental. Just, he's just always leaned back and judging and have this vacant look on his face, basically like I did throughout most of the movie. <laughs> so, but, like, so, so what happens is, he, he totally, she dies, and at the end, he grieves a little, and all of a sudden, like, you don't see any more of Ghost Stacy. And then he goes in, and it's basically like he's a f- refreshed Spider-Man. Like, yeah. finally got rid of that weight, Glenn <laughs> Stacy. Like, it's so weird to me that, like, mm. it was almost, it was just so poorly handled that... Fair enough. I, I That's kind of how I took it. And then, here's one thing I, I really do seriously not like about this version of their character, is he gets away... <laughs> Peter Parker gets away scot-free with, like, every, he has very little hardship in these movies. And then they go out of their way at the end of this to basically absolve him of any responsibility for her death by having Gwen Stacy say like 90 times, like, this is my choice. Like, I'm going with you. This is my choice. So it's once again, it's just another thing, like totally not getting the responsibility part of the Spider-Man character. And that's why I don't think this is uh, like, I think they get the quips and the Spider-Man action, but I think they miss a lot of what I really like about the character. Oh, and then I have to point this out because this is how dumb the movie is too. Um, she's like, oh, I know all the schematics and the grids and stuff. And then she runs up to like the, I can't remember, but there's a big button. <laughs> so it's like, emergency, emergency stop. Oh, like thank God Gwen studied the schematics on that one. <laughs> how else would she find? And the other thing they get wrong, <laughs> and it cracked me up too, is 
Peter Parker is the furthest thing from a nerd in this because he has to look up batteries on YouTube and how they work. <laughs> yeah, I was really kind of angry about that how not smart Peter Parker is. Peter Parker is really not this. smart. In the, and I don't know if he's not smart. He just doesn't give a shit, which is kind of funny. But, <laughs> like, like, I was just blown away. And, like, I, I don't know. It's just such a, at times, such a weird interpretation of the character. And... And I get some of it. And some of it, I think, works well. And I think Andrew Garfield does a... He does a fine job. I like Andrew Garfield. I think he's really good. And I think... I don't think I've seen him get much credit for this. And I don't know if he's doing the acting in it. But whoever's acting in the Spider-Man suit does a much better job. Because Toby, first of all, was never in the Spider-Man suit. Yeah. He was just lazy. <laughs> and, and, like, the Spider-Man, like, talking stuff in the first three is just really terrible for most of it. And whoever does this is very good. They do a very good job in it. Um, so I'll give them that. But... No, this is terrible. And I hated the villains. Um, there's a really funny scene halfway through. I felt very embarrassed for throughout more than half of this movie. Like, I felt bad for a lot of people involved. But Dane DeHaan, and they have a scene, and so terribly written, where they get together, and they're just like, hey, remember when you were my friend eight years ago? And then he's like, yeah, way to cover up your unibrow. <laughs> and they bro hug. I'm like, who's writing this shit? Like, this is terrible. And then they go skip stones together. It's so dumb. Like, this movie. Uh. There are some horrific lines of dialogue in this movie, I will say that. Like, I, in all honesty, like, and I'm not, exa- like, appalling. Like, how did this get by? You know, yeah. like, how did it make it in the final cut? And stuff like, there's a scene where uh, Spider-Man and... Um, and Harry are talking about he's denying him giving him the blood, and he takes off. And I swear to God, Harry, like, I don't remember the exact line, but he's like, he's like, "You're not what I thought you were, <laughs> Spider Man." And then he like hits a table. It's like so bad. Yeah. He, oh no, you're a fraud, Spider Man. Yeah. And it sounds like fr- it's straight ripped from a '60s comic. In, in, but you <laughs> but know what? Not good in a good way. There's though. a line in the. Uh... And I love it so much, and I don't know, but there's a line where Defoe delivers it in the first uh, Spider-Man movie, he's like, we'll meet again, Spider-Man, like, this is awesome! But it worked there. <laughs> but it worked, because, because that movie knows, and this is another problem with this movie, this movie has no idea how to balance, like, a comic bookie. It doesn't know what it's going for with comic bookie. It, it's going for, like, yeah, the 90s Batman stuff. Like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. It's not as good as that. Well, it's... it's it's, it's not as good as Batman Forever, um, but it has no idea how to balance that. And the, and the first three did a much better job of kind of balancing that tone, I thought. And this this is just wildly all over the place. I just don't think it knows what it's doing. No, but can we talk about the fact that Max Dillon is essentially Edward Nigma from from Batman Forever? I mean, straight ripped, like like scene, almost scene for scene. Both of the villains have a very Batman-y yeah origin quality sequence. about them. Yeah. And then there's this German doctor that's. Like no. was seriously the, the, the like a cartoon character like that. It was Joel Schumacher playing the role. Honestly, it felt like it's when Nick said the '90s Batman thing at the yeah. beginning of this episode. I was like, that's exactly what I was trying to think. Yeah, like, what I was trying. I to thought of Poison was. Ivy. Poison Ivy versus Max Dillon. They felt very similar. Sure. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think Max Dillon has. I don't know. Like, Max Dillon serves no purpose in this movie. No. Yeah. Electro. Like, his, you could take him out of the movie. It's the same movie. Exactly. And, um, but at least... That'd be a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least, uh, oh, God, he pukes electricity in his face at one point. You he, don't like the dubstep towers that are, like, equalizers <laughs> in the background when he's talking... <laughs> yes, and then, oh. I was in the theater, I was like... That was... Can we talk my, about my, the weird, like, like how uh, apparently electricity equates music... For like like the for somebody making this movie was like oh we gotta like make no, it no, into no. a musical that's, like that's th- that there's a scientific basis it was that. dumb though there's scientific precedent <laughs> no, for using no, Tesla coils why to does, make uh, fine but why does he have dubstep music <laughs> it, no there's no point like why why was that like okay we got Jamie Fox 
and he's an electric character. Okay, so like let's get some electronic music. What's Dubstep's hot? Right now? hot. Dubstep. We're gonna make it like what? The <laughs> f- I really liked his costume. That not only dissolved when he did, but had a sick lightning bolt in his arm, <laughs> okay, I like and then that, he just actually. had it. I kind of like, like that. he just showed up, and Aiden Hunt's like, <laughs> back here, look at my buddy. Yeah, yeah. no, my, my, I think my, I'm uh, okay. Just delete a few seconds of this. Girl, <laughs> try to try to coalesce all my thoughts into one one sentence. Um, with a lot of these movies, they totally get me. Like, I, in terms of that, I sit down, once the logo of, like, Sony kicks up and the theme kicks in, I sit down and I watch the movie. While I'm in the movie, it's very, it takes something really intense for me to stop and go, mm, and switch on the critic switch. Because yeah. I usually just absorb it all, I try to be along for the ride as much as I can, and then when it's over, I look back on it. So I'm not in the movie... Like, the Gwen Stacy death, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, because I thought it was really well done. I was like, ooh, there's a lot of little details in there, a lot of little things that are that are good. And I was, now that we're talking about it afterwards, I kind of see the flaws in it. But in the moment, I was totally along for the ride. Right. And I think that that's maybe not even necessarily a testament to the movie, so much as me just as a movie viewer wanting to just watch the movie. But there were several scenes during this where it made me, <laughs> yeah, like, it took me totally out of the moment. And I had to, like, look around and be like, is anybody else <laughs> But the big scene for me, the the one that I was like, Kurtzman and Ortsy, give up. You've done it. You're rich off of being assholes and sucking at your job. Because the scene when Harry is talking to Felicia and she vomits all of the exposition he needs to know about the secret area. She goes, she goes I overheard something. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I and mean, people overhear things. She overheard three paragraphs no, no, of no. highly detailed... No, 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 no. <laughs> I had the exact same issue, but I had I had the revelation later. It's that Comfior fed it to her to give it to him. That's the point. You think so? Yes. Comfior fed it to him so that he would go and look at the special projects, and then it would I, be him in the files so that he could get ejected. She did look kind of guilty, actually, when... Like, I think well, was this there's, a- there's a function behind it, and I totally agree. Because I was like, why is she why, did she... why did she overhear, like, everything she needed to hear in the world? But is this anywhere in the movie? Or are you just... I mean, no, it this has- is heavy lifting by you, though. This isn't that much... I, I didn't have to lift that hard. I didn't <laughs> there's get, some lift. I didn't yeah, get okay. that but not- whatsoever. Because yeah. nothing in... There was not. I mean, this movie already is so over the top and silly. Why didn't Confio go? I had Felicia lure you down here so I could finish you. Like, yeah, there. I, I would have appreciated that. <laughs> there are okay. goofy, like, like shark with laser beam on their heads, James Bond and Austin Powers villains that make more sense than all of the bad guys' motivations in this movie. So if that villain's going to do that, if he's going to like play Harry, then run with it. You've already got 17 other forces of opposition. Why not make Comfy or instead of just a, a comma in between sentences to get us to the next scene, actually make him another villain? I... I, I see. I, I, I can't... I can't, I can't my, I my point about just, it being lazy writing is still in force. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, but I also... I, and why did I, I Harry go, think, what? I don't like, think... Why do you know all that and I don't? Like, I don't think that I had to do that much heavy lifting, but... It's still really, really sloppy, really poorly done. It's and the scene is so horribly executed. Yeah. It's yeah. just that that literally made me. I sat back and I was laughing. I was like, "What the hell? Like this is so zany." This <laughs> you is Scooby Doo villain. This, this conversation is kind of made me want to watch this movie again because <laughs> I just remember another funny part. But what what Electro Max Dillon? He's got the gap teeth as the nerd, <laughs> oh and when gosh. he drops into the Electro eel, his 
teeth. They do. They show a shot of it. His teeth close. The gap in his teeth together. <laughs> that was like serious. I remember, oh my god! I, forget, I can't believe I forgot about that. But I remember in the theater going, "Huh? <laughs> what?" Now, Alex, does anybody in this movie understand how electricity works? Uh, probably not. Okay. okay. Because I couldn't figure out. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, Can you vomit electricity on somebody if you have electric power? N- normally, you can't become a being of pure electricity. Okay, so maybe that's, I'm... That's the problem deep. with electro. I think for me, the yeah, biggest I, problem is they don't ever bother to... Justify it. Like, Spider-Man never gets home, pulls off a mask, and goes, Whoa! Yeah. What the hell was that? Yeah, he's like, just kind of like, Yeah. He's a god of beating. Like, doesn't he want to know? What the fuck they, did I just fight? Like... <laughs> It's weird to me that Electro's a tough character, and that's why I wasn't I, like I, was, I liked that they went with him because they hadn't done him yet. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. But like, he's a tough character to get right just because I'm never sure what it, all he can do in anything. Like, yeah. he seems to have a lot of powers that I <laughs> that yeah, have never been clearly still, defined. He's still beatable, except for when you put him in a bathtub. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another a bathtub that looks exactly like what Wolverine goes into when he gets the. <laughs> and then the kids, oh, the nerds on the camera, they explain how Spider. They're like, yeah, you had a rubber suit, blah blah blah. Like when they interview. Him, that was really funny. Thank you, thank you for explaining that way, kids, in the movie. <laughs> Spider-Man's okay because the suit's rubber. Okay. One thing I do want to say is that Spider-Man has one of the best rogues galleries in all of comic books. Like, oh, you're going to see them all like, soon. Like, 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 no, no, I'm just saying, like, he does. And I, I don't understand why Sony or whoever, A.V. Rod, whatever, feels the need to, like, have to tell every Spider-Man story in one movie. Yeah. They've done it twice now, I feel like, where they've just, like... Hey, we have 17 Spider-Man stories. We have to get them in this movie. Clearly, like we have to do them all in this one. Why? That, that's Why exactly is that what I was going to say in in, uh, in reply to what to Alex, my... yeah, what Alex said. I think that the I, this is purely on my one viewing of it, and I think that the story that they wanted to tell was kind of wrapping up a lot of what was left over from the first movie with his parents, like him going to the hilarious underground subway oh. train lab oh. from yeah. Turtles, the Underground Railroad. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think some of that and some Follow. of some of Oscorp. I think I can kind of see what they wanted to do, but I think then then they were like, "Oh, let's make the Sinister Six movie," and then pretty late in the game, they probably brought in the Wonder Twins, Kurtzman and Orsi, <laughs> to say, "Hey, help us help us with this franchise." I don't think it was that late in the game. Yeah, I th- yeah. Actually, I'm pretty certain that I re- that I, I mentioned it in my review from two years ago from the first movie. That they're going to make Sinister Six? Mm-hmm. That they're going to Are they doing, Are they writing Spider-Man Sinister two. Six, too? Sinister Six. Oh, that those two. Oh, yeah, it may uh, not have been those two. But I, I mean, bringing, bringing the Sinister Six into it so uh, prominently, I think uh, it might okay. have been a semi-late in the scripting phase. Yeah. Because all that stuff is what feels awkward. It's like they, they took they took from the movie before and the movie after. And like, putting... I want to I wanna go to this movie and I want to take out... I want to take out a lot of the Harry stuff and Goblin stuff and see how it plays then. Because it might be a little bit better. Or take out... The thing is, what do you remove? It's like... I would take out got, Electro. You've got cancer. Your whole body is ridden with cancer. Where do you start? <laughs> like, which tumor do we take out first? Because I think... Just... Se- seriously, what it is to me... Okay, I didn't want to see the Green Goblin. But if you're going to do the Green Goblin again, take out Electro. Rhino's fine as he is. Take out Electro... Take all that untold story stuff, put it back into the first movie, or do it better this time around, and just <sighs> leave leave all that Sinister Six stuff to after. Like, don't even, you know what? Don't even bring the Rhino back. I loved that scene. Don't even bring it back. Put that at the beginning of Sinister Six or something like that. I don't. I don't okay, care. Can we? Can we just? Can I just ask something real quick? And you guys might not have the answer for this. 
Is the next Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man movie, is it the Sinister Six? I think it's Six? Sinister Six. We, that, don't, we don't have... The, Sinister the Six only, is filming in January, right? They're getting their own movie. The only like movie that has... Is Spider-Man in it? I don't know. The only movie that has a release date is The Amazing Spider-Man 3. It is coming in 2016. Okay. That is the only... Of, of the Venom movie, of Amazing Spider-Man 3, of Sinister Six... Those, that is the only one that has a release date. I thought that, okay. I'm so confused by ever like anything going because I just don't it like I, I don't ever I don't want to get into it. I don't understand any any other plans. I don't. Gojo and I took talked about this the other day briefly, and I wish I had taken notes. But basically, what we what we said was take all the hit, you two things either take Goblin and Gwen Stacy's death, push it to the third movie because really that's where it would make the most sense. Absolutely. Just push that back. Introduce Harry by all means. Sure. Yeah. I, I like the idea of him having a childhood friend who, for some reason, is the most powerful kid, and, and he's sure. friends with with, Harry, with Peter. But um, that I didn't mind so much. I didn't mind them kind of being bros. I didn't mind the kind of stupid, childish nature of their hangouts because really they're just picking up where they left off. I just, they don't know yeah. how to behave together as adults yet, so they're going to skip stones or stones. They're right. going to talk about girls. They're going to they're going to act like kids because they're not going to they're not really adults yet, even with especially with each other. But. <clears throat> Or if you do kill Gwen in this one, like it, I, I, I was shocked by it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what three entails because Gwen's already dead. But like that would have been the more predictable route, going Goblin and Gwen's death in three. So I kind of, I'm curious to see what they come up with for the third. I don't think it'll necessarily be good, but I want to see what they come up with. But if you have Goblin and Gwen in this one, and you want Gwen to die, have Goblin kill her. Have Peter and Harry not know who each other are. Keep their friendship growing. All the way through the end of the third movie, but keep the rivalry growing too. So Peter is his best friend in the world mm-hmm. is Harry now, who's there for him when Gwen dies. But secretly they hate each other's enemies, and they don't find out who each other are until the climax of the third movie, pretty much. And then kapow, that would be awesome. That'd but when Harry immediately flies down and goes, <laughs> "Yeah, you just in the movie to yeah. Kick, yeah to kill," and I was like, "Okay." We're going Literally, there. the only reason Green Goblin was put in this movie is because they felt a weird, some sort of weird responsibility. To make it a goblin character that killed Gwen Stacy. Right, right. If they, if they were going to do, they should just, honestly, either Electro gets removed and you make Green Goblin the lead villain of this movie, or Green Goblin gets pushed to the next movie and you have Electro be built up more as a character so when yeah. he kill and have him kill Gwen. Like, that, that, it doesn't matter that it's Harry that kills Gwen. Ooh, and the other option we said was that Gwen, at the end of this movie, actually leaves... I mean, if if you go with Route A, where she dies in the third movie, she actually leaves and goes to London at the end of the movie, and, and she, she and Peter part and ways. And the third one takes place four years later, and he's been Spider-Man in the prime of his Spider-Man-ness for four years. He's just killing it, yeah. and he's focusing solely on being Spider-Man now and trying to get by because Gwen's not there to distract him. She comes back to town. They hit it off again. And yeah, then, there's so there's so many other like ways you could have handled it. So there were it's every just, way was better than what they did. <laughs> yeah, and I don't and I'll just real quick and I, I almost don't even want to put this out there because I might get into another. But I'm gonna put out there. Anyway. <laughs> Do it. But um, the and all these things are why like it um why it makes a bad movie. But I think why it's a really bad movie to me is I'm still not completely convinced that Peter Parker has any sort of arc in this movie. Like the character, I, I think he does. I don't think he grows at all as a character. I think he starts off really good at Spider-Man, and then at the end of the movie, he ends up being really good at Spider-Man. Like that's kind of what he is. Well, the arc that they want him to go. Okay, I wanted to talk. God, there's so much that I want to talk about. This. <laughs> um, it's like I almost want to cut out the what we've been watching and just have 15 more minutes of this. But it's kind of a good idea. Um, 
Mine stays intact. <laughs> uh, the so they do the function again, which I I love. This is one of the few things that I loved in the first movie: how Peter doesn't listen to that final voicemail from Uncle Ben until after Uncle Ben dies. It's like the la- it's the last scene in the movie. Okay, that's where they should have had the great with great power comes great responsibility moment, and they didn't. Yeah, but I liked that idea. Mm. They did it again. They like copy paste. They copy pasted it with. Uh, they took. Gwen's speech that she gave in the beginning of the movie, and Peter doesn't listen to it till the very end. It's true. And all of the growth that Peter does is from Corpses. the last 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's just... <clears throat> I don't know how to go on anymore. And then Gwen is like, you need to be hope, Peter. And then, bam, he's right back to being Spider-Man. Give us some damn time. Like, right. seriously. If you're gonna do a, a, a freaking Empire Strikes Back... Fine, let Peter end this movie down and not wanting oh, to be I, Spider-Man anymore. Yeah, one of my favorite endings in, like of any movie is the end of the first Spider-Man. I love the end of, when he walks away from her. Yeah. Yet, like, that's great. That's so good. And that's kind of what I was like, this movie should kind of end on a downer to me. It shouldn't end with him fighting Rhino and being <laughs> and saving a kid from Spider-Man. Like, this movie should end with him kind of low. Yeah. <laughs> because... It kind of sucks what just happened, yeah. Pete. <laughs> Should be in a bar at the end. <laughs> not really spoilers, but if you want to talk about a movie that ends up happier than it should, it's not Captain America. It's this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is like, Peter, you're the hope of the world! <laughs> well, some people have really enjoyed that fact, because they still view Spider-Man as an uplifting, as a positive guy, a guy who gets up when he's knocked down. And, and he, he can do that. I can should. see that, but it's just... He never really gets knocked down that hard in these movies. He doesn't have that... In these movies, he doesn't have that Peter Parker bad luck. He's totally... He just gets off with everything, basically. He's kind of like Ferris Bueller. But, like... <laughs> like, he's just... He skirts... He's never beaten down I in this can't wait movie. for the Spider-Man of Wall Street. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's why it, that doesn't work for me. Like, that idea doesn't work for me because... That that's bad that happens to him. Yeah, Gwen Stacy dies, but literally nothing else bad happens to him in this movie at all. <laughs> one of the one well, of I got to stop saying literal. I want to say is in the first movie I thought it was really clever how they were using Oscorp as a way to kind of make all of Spider-Man's villains kind of organically show up and yeah. appear. I, I don't want that anymore. I don't like that anymore. <laughs> Oscorp is the shield of this. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, sure. because I, I realized that literally all they have to do in this Spider-Man universe from now on is say, scientist gets attacked by his own experiment and is now this villain. There's no... They, no logic needs to be... It's really lazy. In the, in the first few movies, each villain... I mean, even really... Sand, they attempted it with Sandman. Yeah. They had specific characters before they were villains. And these... We, we get to know them for... Three seconds, and then oh, Oscorp got him. Oh, Doc Ock's going to be such a bummer for me. It is. <laughs> yeah. I'm already preparing yeah. myself. I'm not going to watch it. I, uh, the, the one other <laughs> thing that I did want to talk about in spoilers, it's not really even a spoiler. I could have talked about it in the non-spoiler. I'm um, going to watch it. There was one, one and only one <laughs> moment of possible Alex's tears, and it was the conversation between Peter and Aunt May about him being yeah, that was good. her son. Like. The oh, the emotion nice that Sally Field has on her face almost brought me. To Sally tears. Field's great. Yeah, Sally Field's great. amazing, and it, she's the yeah. other person you like from these movies. The one that Sally Field. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also like. Um, uh, I really like the way they played off J. Jonah Jameson in this. Yeah, they had him on the computer <laughs> screen yeah. because you could totally just picture J.K. Simmons. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. and that's all I want to picture. Seriously, I don't like. Yeah, I, I want just want J.K. Simmons back. He's <laughs> apparently apparently Mark Webb is like. I, it's too hard. I don't know who I can cast as J. Jonah Jameson. Then, yeah, I'm kind of just keep doing that. He should just be the M of 
I mean, it worked with Judy Dench, so yeah. it was just just have JK be the one thing that follows through the whole. <laughs> Might as well. I don't know. All right, we've talked about this too much, and yet not enough. We didn't even talk about dubstep that much, but just ugh. it's bad. It's bad. He's mad at me. He shot at me. He's hating me. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there's a scene in the movie where we're supposed to be listening to Jamie Foxx talking, yeah. and he's talking over himself. Yeah. I can't define between what, he, what is being said in the soundtrack and what he's saying. It was really so it was a bizarre. I, that was at least funny, though. I at least laughed. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do something for silly. Yes. I'm going to get that song on iTunes. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Tim, can you make our new theme song? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Tim dubstep. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, 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 wah. But I have fun, guys. I need to vent. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tim, I hope you feel better. I'll be charging you for the session. Right? No. I'm really glad you were here this week, Tim. Yes. <laughs> Tim, yes. I had a good time. All right. <laughs> it's think... a bummer. This was my, I think, number two most anticipated movie of this year. I think we've had that. I Notably, I don't think it was on my list, but Transcendence was my number three. So. Oh, gosh. I hope that doesn't mean Godzilla is going to blow huge chunks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was my number two. I, they usually come in. Three. I did this. Tim had the raid too. At yeah. Number one. This so. was either my one number two or three. I don't remember exactly. I I think, no, it was number three. This was number three because two was Interstellar and one was Guardians. Okay. So. Listen, guys, I have Jupiter Ascending on my list somewhere. So let's not <laughs> pretend like for very different reasons. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it again. Yeah. I got It's it's intriguing. <laughs> All right, uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you thought about everything, uh, including our talk about, uh, I don't know, I kind of want people to weigh in. Those people who never write in, please write in and let us know if you think discussion about speculation and rumors and stuff like that is any good. Because if I'm stupid and you guys want to hear that discussion, we should be having it. Because I can carry a discussion on that stuff. I used to do it all the time. Then I stopped listening, I stopped watching trailers, and I stopped reading a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of everything. Um, give us a phone call, 248-733-5636, which is MFN at the end there. Um, Twitter at MFN Podcast. You can find our respective Twitter accounts on the website, which is MidwestFilmNerds.com. We also find Tim Long's wonderful article about Spider-Man's team-up with the 1978 cast of Saturday Night Live. And you'll also find the full rules and preface of our summer movie wager. Uh, I hope you all join us. You've got till 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday, 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, May 14th, to get your ballot in. And you can submit that at bit.ly slash mfnsmw. Uh, it's all on the website. Go check it out. Thank you, Aunt Mr. John, for our music and artwork. And uh, Kyle X. Y. Go watch a movie. Max Dillon. Max <laughs> Dillon.